This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online platform that helps you find a therapist that will match your needs. BetterHelp offers live video chats, um, open discussion conversations with real therapists in real time if that's what you need. I personally love it and have used it now for almost two years. I would really recommend if you need someone to talk to that is not in your family or your friend circle (laughs) that you reach out to betterhelp.com and you will receive 10% off if you use my code BGP. So again, that's betterhelp.com slash BGP to find the right online counselor for you. Hi, welcome to Big Girl Pants Podcast, where we talk about health, wellness, careers, parenting, relationships, and everything in between. I am your host, April Melton. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to Big Girl Pants Podcast. Today, we have a very special return guest. How many years has it been? Three, four. Well, it was before COVID, so. Three years, oh, yeah. probably 2019. Probably mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. Three years ago. So um, Dr. <laughs> Bianca Micken is our guest today. Actually, shit, you have a new last name. Well, professionally, I still go by Dr. Okay. Micken. Dr. Bianca Micken. Sandiford. Sandiford. Is my Is your married, married name. name. <laughs> that's what I, I think that's what I'm going to do, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time you were here, we discussed um, all things marriage and sex counseling, therapy, etc. Um, and yes. for the guests that are listening now, because we've gained quite a few uh, listeners since then, oh. which is exciting, yeah. uh, I want you to introduce yourself, and okay. then I can tell a little bit more about how we know each other and why you're here today. Okay, so I'm, like I said, Dr. B is what my Dr. B. clients <laughs> call me, um, and my, my students call me. So I have a PhD in marriage and family therapy mm. with a specialty in sex therapy. Specialty. Yes. Yes. We love that for us. Um, and so I cover the gamut. So it's relationship counseling. It's relationships that you have with other people, relationships that you have with yourself, um, and then how that affects your worldview, the choices you make, yada, yada. Damn, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a mouthful. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And then sex therapy is is kind of, um, it's sexuality and then sexual intercourse and then intimacy and how it affects marriages and couples. Also a so, lot. So, yes. Yeah. Um, I was just doing marriage counseling okay. and that's all I wanted to do yeah. with the sex therapy. Since COVID though, yeah. um, so many more people coming in with anxiety issues and just needing to see a therapist. Yeah. So um, I started taking more clients on okay. because um, I teach at a university too. So I teach at universities teaching masters and PhD level students to become counselors. So um, I'm equipped and competent sure. to do therapy for all of that. So yeah. now I pretty much see anything. It just wasn't like door. it just wasn't like your specialty or what you originally wanted to do, right? Like I, yeah. I remember because okay, and just a little bit of a backstory for everybody listening. Um, Bianca and I used to bartend and wait tables together. Yes, in like college. Where were you? Texas? No. You no, were, I was getting my master's. You were getting your master's yeah. at Texas Wesleyan. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. And I think I was like 21 mm-hmm. at the time. How old were you? I think I was 22. Okay. 23. Same age? Yeah. I'm 34. Yeah. 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 I'm okay. two years older than you. Then yeah. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So yeah, we've known each other for a long time. Yes. And we <laughs> drifted apart to do our own shit. And now we just came back together. Now we live like 10 minutes away from each other, which yeah. is so funny. 
Um, and now we're both wives and moms. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Thanks. Bianca's actually a new mom. <laughs> yes. It's pretty freaking awesome how the whole story said, like worked itself out. Oh, gosh. You can tell that a little bit, actually, if you want to, if you co- okay. feel comfortable. I, I am. I love it. It's love my favorite it. love story. It is my favorite, too. <laughs> so, it, yeah, actually, when I was on the po- podcast Last before, time, yeah. I was single. Single. Super single. <laughs> living my life. Living her best life. Yes. Yes. I was a sex therapist. I was living in Dallas and dating and on dating Driving websites. a Mercedes, just being so fabulous. Yes. yes. Doing everything. Yes. Um, and then now I'm a married woman with two kids. Now you live in the suburbs. <laughs> and live in the <laughs> You take your kids to school every day. <laughs> and the happiest part of my day is going to Target. <laughs> Away from everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so I... My first boyfriend in fifth grade. It's Which weird telling you this story because you, you already know met it. But Russell in kindergarten. Yes. So we met each other in kindergarten, um, and then he became my boyfriend in fifth grade when so I wasn't allowed to have one. Grounded. But um, yeah, we found a letter that my dad made me write him saying, or made me write my dad to explain why I had a boyfriend be, when I'm not supposed to. And I was, it says like, well, Russell asked me to be his girlfriend and I said no, but dad, this he is said why. I had to. <laughs> yes. uh, so my dad made me write him a letter explaining, um, and, and we found that the other day, but then Russell and I, um, he moved to like a nearby, um, town, but we didn't see each other until high school. So he moved about middle school. And then high school, we played each other football games. Okay. I was the head cheerleader. He was the quarterback. Of course, so of course you we were. just had our new Nokia phones, right? So we got oh to God. exchange numbers <laughs> after the game. each other for 10 cents a text. Yes. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even think we had. Did we have text back then? Maybe we did. Yeah. The first Nokia? Yeah. The first one with the. Interchangeable faces. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we got each other's numbers. We hung out twice when we were in high school. And then um, <laughs> the last time we hung out, we ended up um, getting MIPs together. Oh, That's a long awesome. story. Yeah. <laughs> so his stepdad at the time told him he was no longer allowed to ever see me again. And so the last time we saw each other, we were um, 18 and okay. we were in the court room and to handle our MIP. Yes. <laughs> um, and now she's a doctor, guys. So yeah. don't let anyone tell you. <laughs> you you cannot be. rise above. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we got MIPs like drinking Zimas. You remember those with Jolly oh my, Ranchers? Yes. Yeah. They were so delicious. They were the the OG Smirnoff ice. Yeah. That's what they it were. was like 0. 0.5 alcohol. Or I something. know that even crazy. Real shit. But um so then fast forward to 2019. So it had been I don't know, 17, 18 years since we had seen each other. Yeah. Um, My dad was in hospice at this time, and uh, my dad always wanted me just to find somebody good, you know, find a good man. And I had... like, me too, Dad. I'm trying. I'm trying. Gosh. Um, Well, you know, they say the more educated a woman is, the smaller her pool for dating is. It's like absolutely Especially when you're a sex therapist, too. It's so true. Yeah. Wait, are you going to like dice? Are you going to like therapy me? Yeah. Are, are you going to give like me therapy? Counsel me? Or how cool is it going to be to sleep with therapist? Yeah, a right. sex therapist. I just want to check that box <laughs> yes. and just write that off my list. Yeah. Yeah. So I have this dream, vivid dream about Russell out of nowhere. Um, it's the universe, man. Mm-hmm. And I wake up 
6 o'clock in the morning going to work. I decided to look him up on Facebook. I see him with a profile picture of him and his two boys. And I was like, oh, he's got a family. I'm not a homewrecker. Right. So I just asked to be his friend. Um, and then like two seconds later, he messages me. Hey, long time. <laughs> and I was like, like, yeah, you got a beautiful family. Bye. <laughs> and uh, he said, if you mean family, it's just me and my two boys. And I was like, oh. Okay, so we talked to <laughs> each other, we text the whole day, and then we ended up talking on the phone for like four hours that night, and uh, we got married six months later. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. With his two boys. With his two boys. So you became a mom like overnight. In six months, yes. And he was living in so, another state. Another state. He was living in North Carolina. He was in the Marines, so he was stationed there. Yeah. Um, he's an EOD, so he disarms bombs. Um, no big deal. I know. So sexy. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> sexy. I know. It's like so hot, so dangerous, but so hot. Oh, gosh. My fantasies you're were like, always like I was wearing a bomb vest. You're like, just take <laughs> and it And he would have Disarm to me. Yes. Disarm me, daddy. Okay. <laughs> in in the blue marine get up out. Yes. You know, the one the with dress the dress blues? Yes. yes. Of course. So he's not wearing his bomb gear. He's wearing the dress blues. Of course. But he's disarming. Have you guys acted out that fantasy? Or? No, I want him to. <laughs> I know. Yet. I know. I think he's back to the the shape Same he was. Size, yeah. We, so yeah. he could probably do it now. He could probably do yeah. it. Yeah. Write that one down. Uh-huh. <laughs> but we have the boys, we have the boys full time. Yeah. So he has full custody yes. of them. Of his two boys. Yes. Yes. Two boys. How old are they? Eleven and seven. So I just love them. They're I know. so cute. They are For the everyone cutest. listening, they are like the cutest, mm. sweetest, freckliest boys. They're so yeah. cute. Yeah. And so sweet. Yeah. Especially the youngest one. The youngest one actually told me he loved me before Russell did. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. You're like, how do I say uh-huh. no to either of you? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Ethan, the oldest, he asked if he could call me mom after a week of meeting me. And so. Did you just cry? I did. I'm on so many hormones right now. I'm just going to fucking lose it. I did. Okay. <laughs> I did because I never, I you know, I wasn't in the position to be a mom. I mean, this all happened so fast. Literally you know? overnight. Yes. Um, I've studied how to be a mom. Of course. <laughs> I but have the greatest liter- mom in the world. But literally nothing beats real life yes. practice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I just like, you know, the last three years of my life, I've just been a mom. Whirlwind into how, how do, do I, I be handle and the manage best mom? and not fuck these kids up? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because, because if I do, now I'm no longer a good therapist. Now it's your job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you are you good at what you do or what? <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy? So that's actually kind of what I wanted to have you on for because I wanted to talk about and I'm glad you told that story for everyone listening mm-hmm. because number one, don't give up. Yeah. Right? Don't mm-hmm. lose faith. How yes. old were you when you met Russell? Oh, I was thirty four. Thirty four. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't give up. Right. Yeah. Never know what can happen. And you could become a parent overnight. No big deal. Yeah. You could have everything you ever wanted. <laughs> Just like that. But I wanted to talk to you about uh, both from, I guess, because you have common sense and you have, or you have book smarts yeah. and you have street smarts, mm-hmm. right? So now you have, you're a therapist, mm-hmm. you have a doctorate, you're yeah. a doctor. Yeah. And now you're a real life mom. Yes. So I kind of wanted to talk to you about like, how how you navigate both of those, right? Because you have the left side of your brain and the right side of your brain com- kind of combating each other at the same time. Like, oh, yeah, it's lovely. Uh-huh. But then also, like, 
how not to fuck these kids up mm -hmm. because that's the biggest thing now, right? Because I have a seven-year-old. I'm trying to get pregnant again, have another kid. And my childhood, we kind of touched on this when we were at your house. My childhood was like super traumatic, lots of trauma there, yes. lots of stuff going on there. So I notice all of these things that I'm trying to um, mitigate with my kid, mm -hmm. like not to instill these types of things mm -hmm. in her and how I can help her flourish as a person. And I can only imagine what mm -hmm. the boys feel like. Yeah. They have like a brand new mom mm -hmm. and they were old enough to be cognizant of the fact that you weren't their original mom. Correct. Right. Yes. So like... How do we do this? <laughs> I know. It's a lot. And I mean, you know, my I don't have trauma in my past at all. No. Obviously the boys have a little bit. Which I mean, you, know? you don't have trauma. You had a very you had a wonderful upbringing. You I had did. wonderful parents. Mm -hmm. You have parents that are still married. Mm -hmm. You have a brother who's a physical therapist mm -hmm. who's also very healthy. There's not a yeah. lot of um not a lot of baggage there, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But you lost your dad. Yes. Three, two years ago, three years ago? Three years ago. Three years yeah. ago. So right like, before Russell and I got married. That's really hard too. How do you navigate like not having your dad and then having these, yes. your kids now? Yes. And your dad didn't get me to meet your kids. I know. That's so tough. I did on FaceTime. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Once. That's cool. So um, it was about two weeks before he died. Yeah. And Russell and the kids were scheduled to come see him, but he passed away the day before Russell got leave from the military to come see him. So rough. Yeah. But what I was going to say, though, is, you know, Russell, obviously, you know, he was a Marine. Yeah. He did many tours, um, disarmed bombs, you know, was in the thick of the war. And so he has he has trauma, yeah. right, from that. He has some trauma from his childhood, um, things that went on with his family, too. Um, how the fuck do you do that as his <laughs> wife and mm -hmm. also as a therapist? Like, how do you not say, like, hey, man, you're fucked up in these ways? <laughs> <laughs> And I t and and mind you, okay. So my my stepmom is also she has her master's in social work and she's an LPC. Yes. So she's someone that I talk to a lot. Mm -hmm. And like since losing my dad, I talk to her all the time. Yes. And like she's like, well, this is why you're doing this. And this is why you're doing yes. that. Like, but that's different because she's my mom. She's my mom. Right. You know, like yeah. she's not my wife. Yeah. Or my spouse. Mm -hmm. Like, how you do that? But I will say your husband is really great. He about, is. Yeah. I mean, he's very emotionally healthy and mature. Yes. Very. Yeah. Very. It, which is, you know, one reason I was so drawn to him, like even afterwards, you know, there, there was already this aspect of, I know I've known him for so long. I knew who he was when he was a child, which yeah. is always great because yeah. that's when you're, you're most like authentic. Right. Right. Yes. But I loved the man that he grew into because he, he is, um, he's so patient um, he thinks about what he's going to say. He's not reactive at all, which I think maybe he learned that being, you know, in the bomb squad because you got to be I really patient. have to process this shit first Can't before be I just reactive. make a decision. Yes. Yeah. Um, but we had, we had a huge, huge, like, come to Jesus talk between both of us right before we got married because we rushed into it. Obviously, love um, is great. Yes, love is great. Yeah, it's so exciting. It worked out though. It's so amazing. I mean, there's never a good time. It's just you no. know yeah. when you feel it. But as a therapist, I was like, okay, I've got to get everything out on the table. I've got to kind of do premarital counseling really fast. Yes, all this is going to change with myself. Two boys are affected. Yes. Yeah. So um, we we discuss like how how we wanted to dialogue from here on out and. Um, that night. What do you mean you discussed how you want to dialogue? Um, well, I told him as a therapist, I'm very much a talker. 
And as women, really? no, so weird. <laughs> <laughs> and as women, we already kind of have that, you yes. know. I mean, it's built in to go into a little bit of Factory psychology. Settings, yes, to go literally. into a little bit of psychology. You know, we women are more often than not able to kind of stand in the fire, the heat of an argument. Um, men, they, they try to, to, to calm themselves, they've got to step out of the fire because they don't want to overreact. So usually, you know, men kind of build the wall and step out of the fire. They don't For always sure. like to talk. Yes. They don't want to get into the emotions. They want to walk away. Yes. And it, immediately. It, but it's a survival technique because they don't want to do anything that's going to harm you okay. or harm themselves. So that's biological too. Yeah. Okay. Women, we can stay in the fire a little bit longer. That's why we want to talk about emotions and feelings. Everything. And we don't all want the to go to sleep until we talk it out. Yeah. Because if not, I'll be an anxious fucking yes. ball. And then I'll just be thinking about all this shit. Yeah. And I can't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So we, we talked about that and how we were going to navigate that. And, you know, what is he like when there's problems? Because we, we didn't have any problems. We. Yeah. We're dating in six months, and we were dating long distance, right? And everything was peachy like, keen I'm and perfect. My life, you're living yeah. your life. Yeah. Oh wait, now we're getting married, and it's about to be our life, right? So, um, you know, he was telling me he's not very verbal. You know, um, he is more quiet, and then he likes to kind of rationalize what his solution is going to be, and then he'll come with an answer when he's ready. So. Um, <laughs> so we had to compromise. Just swallow that real quick. Okay, no big deal. That's a huge pill. No problem. Yeah. So we really had to compromise on that. We also decided that um, the kids had been through enough and that this was going to be a big change. So fighting in front of them, arguing in front of them. No go. Never. Yeah. It's never going to happen. Yelling is never going to happen. How do you do that? Like, how do you just say I'm never going to argue in front of them? What do you do? You just make that pact and then you just don't, yeah. you honor it? You have a safe word. Okay. <laughs> yep. I like the safe words. So, you know, I do too. And a lot of times when I introduce those to my clients, they think they're, you know, kind of childish. Cheesy. Yes. Yeah, sure. Cheesy, childish, um, or, you know, they're so reactive in the moment that when they do use the safe word, they, um, that sets them off even more. It's like a trigger. They get more angry. Sure. Yeah. It's really something you have to agree on. You yeah. have to you have to believe that your partner wants the best for you. So when they say that safe word, it is because of something that you agreed on. It's not because they don't want to continue the conversation or the argument. Yeah. But it's that it's something that you agreed on, right? Yeah. Um, we really, we, we don't even have to use a safe word. I mean, it's kind of just in the forefront of our mind. We that, already know. Yeah. Yeah. That we're not going to argue in front of the kids. And like how awesome, right? Mm-hmm. How fortunate, if you need a reminder, Russell, I know you don't need a reminder, but <laughs> that you are who you um, are oh, going into you. this situation because he obviously has his boys in best interest at mind, right? Because yeah. if he didn't, they wouldn't be in the situation that they're in right yes. now. But now he has you to not only back that up, but to solidify that. Yeah. So that they don't have to go through any more trauma than they've already been through. Yes. Yeah. So we don't argue in front of the boys. We don't argue. Safe words. Yes. The other good thing, though, is that he was he was a single parent for many years. Self-sufficient. Yes. His mom was helping him, yes. you know, obviously, because he was in the Marines. So he was deploying and stuff. So mom right. was helping him. But um, so he was having to be the mom and the dad 
for the a long time. The nurturer and the yeah. yeah so he taught himself a little bit of how to be the nurturer, which was good for me because now I could relate to me. Yes. It was also good for him because I could take that off of his plate. Yeah. Nurturing doesn't really come natural to him. <laughs> like a marine and a, oh really you know, no like, so weird <laughs> yes or like dads I mean yeah. in general yeah. dads aren't always like the most mm-hmm. and I won't I won't generalize but dads aren't always the most um, the soft or landing space you know for yeah. kids yeah most often. especially with boys mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. girls maybe a little bit different mm-hmm. but with boys I'm sure that dads are synonymous with being like. You gotta be. Yeah. T- you gotta be a man, man. Yeah, well, be because you carry on a lot of the stuff that you were raised with, yes. you know, and you know, society. We're moving, but we're not moving that much, yeah. you know. So, <laughs> most likely, often than not, you're gonna have males who were raised in that dust, right. you know, rub the dirt off your knees type. Right. Pick yourself up. You're yeah. fine. Yeah. Get up. Uh huh. Don't cry. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so tough. Mm-hmm. Does he cry in front of his boys? Um, I've never seen Russell cry. Interesting. I've seen Matt tear up, Wait, but I've never seen him yes, cry. Yes, I have. One time. Yeah, one time. Okay, <laughs> I remember. Just kidding. Yes, it, did it was one time. Um, no, but then after we had that come to Jesus talk, I think um, he said something that was important to him was that he shared some things with me. So he shared um, some things that he had never talked to about anybody with his time in war. Yeah. And um, showed me some pretty graphic pictures and videos and um it was a lot yeah even for me as a therapist yeah I've done a lot of work with veterans and military and um police officers too but I've never uh seen sure those things and now this was this had happened to somebody I loved yeah so um it was a lot but living in that moment together living in somebody's trauma as their spouse or is so different than living in somebody's trauma as their therapist. Yeah. That brought us closer together. Yeah, because, you guys like trauma bonded. Yes. Yeah. And now I know too that when he's triggered yes. by anything I say or you anything in why. the environment, I know why. Yes. Yes. And I don't blame him for that. And I don't take it personal either. That's, That's the biggest part. Helped. That's the hugest part. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because his shit is not about you. No. It's about him. Yes. And it's about how you can support him in his shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so tough. Yeah. I think it's it's very it's very human to be reactionary, right? It's not it's not in our it's not innate for mm-hmm. us to be proactive all the time. Right. Right? And to be like, okay, <laughs> you're literally <laughs> imagine this, you're in a fight with your spouse or with your kid or something, and you're like Okay, how can I be the most mindful in this moment? Like, no, that's not how we fight. Like, we're like, get your shit together. Uh Why are you being so mean to me? Yes. Yeah. But I worry, Mm -hmm. too, like, with my upbringing and the way that my parents were, my parents were divorced. And it was like, you know, mom and, um, you know, maybe stepdad or maybe mom's boyfriend or whatever. And then it was dad and stepmom. And it, they were just two very different households. Like the disparity couldn't have been bigger. And so learning like, okay, what I like out of this house and what I like out of this house and then trying to bring those things together for Chloe. And mm-hmm. while also having a child that has split homes, which is like the the exact opposite of what I wanted, mm-hmm. right? I did not want her to grow up in the same, in yeah. a similar environment to what I have. So I've had to be that person who's like, it's so funny because I was just thinking about the person that we were talking about while I was at your house. Yes. Because I um, I called Chloe's stepmom the other day and I was like, hey, what are you doing today? 
And she was like, nothing. I was like, I'm running to Nordstrom Rack to go make some returns. Do you want to just ride with me and go get some coffee and hang out? Oh. Yeah. I love that. And I was like, my mom, my mom would have never done that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I don't show Chloe the way that I think that we should be as humans and co-parenting, yes. she'll never learn that. Correct. Because I have to be her example. And mm-hmm. I think about that all the time. Like... The way I talk to myself, the way that I talk about my body, the way I talk about food, the way I talk about, you know, exercise, the way I talk about anything Mm -hmm. is like all the ways that I don't want to fuck her up. Yes. No. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, that right there, I told you I got my PhD in relationships and I believe that relationships are a big part of how we navigate this world. Yeah. And right there, kids of divorce or kids of separation or kids who are living in blended families they are learning their relationship habits from you. Yeah. And not just the relationship you have with them, but the relationship that you have with others. Everyone. And they want to be like you. Yeah. Like, we have to be mindful of that. Even if you are the worst parent on this earth and maybe you abuse your child. Yeah. You are still their model. Right. That is who they are seeing day in, day out. So when you're navigating the relationships in your life, especially the with the ones who matter to them too. Yes. So stepmom, ex-husband, yeah. whatever. Um, they watch you model that relationship. And we've got to somehow try to show them that your the relationships that you have with other is to better yourself in life. Yes. Right? Yeah. So holding animosity, holding anger, right. all of those things are just counterproductive to yeah. anything that you want to do. And it... The biggest thing for me, too, is I always felt like there was something wrong with me when one parent would say something about the other parent because I'm 50% of that parent. Correct. Like, I'm yes. I'm 100%, but I am made up of both of these people. Mm-hmm. So if you say something bad about my dad, you're saying something bad about me. Yeah. That's why I will never say anything negative about her dad. Correct. Behind mm-hmm. closed doors is another story. <laughs> but no, I mean, Get honestly. Get it out when you can so yeah. that you're not getting it out in front of her. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and, like, honestly, we really don't. We don't have very many disagreements anymore. We literally live 10 minutes from each other. Mm-hmm. Like, she's yeah. not. Um, I always tell her all the time, I'm like, your dad's so funny. He's so this. Like, whatever. Like, if she brings him up or she says she misses him or whatever, I'm like, totally. Do you want to call him? We can call him. Like, yes. all of that. Just because I don't want her to see or to think that there's anything wrong with the fact that he is her dad. Right. And she loves him so much. Uh-huh. Of course, which she should. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's great. That's how we try to manage too, you know, obviously, because the boys have, you know, they have their biological mom um, <clears throat> who, um, I don't know how much I want to say. You don't that have to, to say anything. Affect anybody else, but yeah. um, there, there's a level of, there's a level of relationship there. Yeah. You know, I always, I wish it was more, but it's not. And so, you know, Russell and I have to navigate that too. Um our oldest two, our 11-year-old, Ethan, is not biologically Russell's. Um, so he's not biologically either of ours. But Russell adopted him. Yeah. And um, which, like, so he knows that, too. Of course he did. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> he's magical the Russell. Best guy. <laughs> he is. He really is. I'm so lucky. Good. Um, but he knows, too, that, you know, he is adopted and, and we manage that as stages come and as more questions come. Sure. Everything like that. Which they will. And we don't know a whole lot about his biological father. Russell knows a lot more than I do. Um, 
but we don't know a whole lot, but what we say is all positive, sure. you know, um, <laughs> just because we, we, like you said, we yeah. know that he's going to have questions about himself and I don't want him to know anything negative yeah. about his biological dad or his mom, you know, like, and it's not that there are not anything negative about these people. Mm-hmm. It's just that I'm not going to tell you about Correct. that. Yes. You're going to have to yes. learn that on your own. Uh-huh. I can't influence your decision making mm-hmm. when it comes to those two people. Yes. Or any of those people, right? Correct. In your relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, too, is like, I don't know what your opinion would be on this, but like, as they're navigating and creating relationships in their, uh, in their own lives, right? Mm-hmm. Like, friends at school or um, cousins or family members that they like or don't like. Mm-hmm. I mean, as someone who's probably done extensive studies on this, like, when you're forcing children to hug their relatives or when you're forcing kids to talk to someone (laughs) like, and they don't want to, Uh I'm trying. It's so hard because generally generationally our grandparents and our parents are like, well, your kids should be doing this and your kids should be doing this. Who the fuck are you, bro? Like Mm -hmm. chill out. Yes. Let me, I I got this. Right. I birthed this. I got this. (laughs) And even if I didn't, I still got this. You know, this is my experiment. Yeah. (laughs) It's my lab rat. Okay. You got yours. Yes. Exactly. Um, Yeah. I think the biggest thing is respect. And I think what people have thought about respect uh, is different. Is different. It's changed. Because respect begins with you. Yes. And you respecting yourself. Yes. If you don't respect yourself, how do you respect Yes. Other people. And how do you expect them to respect you? Yes. Right. Yeah. So when, if they don't want to talk to a family member or anything like that, at least you try to teach them something that shows respect in a way that's assertive, saying that that I have boundaries and you have boundaries, but I'm not going to make you feel bad, but you're not going to make me feel bad either. Right. So if you don't want to talk to Uncle Joe or don't want to give him a hug, that's fine. But you can go up to him and say, hi, Uncle Joe. Um, I'd rather go play. Right. Yeah. Or I'm I'm gonna go over here or, you know, Merry Christmas, whatever it is. Yeah. Showing those types. Yeah. Um, can I have a hug? I wouldn't I I don't feel like hugging right now. So good. Right. So powerful. <laughs> Yes. And then as a, a, an adult, you feel like such a creep. You're like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Sorry. But, but that's okay. If you don't have to hug me. That's Correct. fine. High five, whatever. Consent. Yes. 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 That's okay. You, you've got to get Consent. to know me. You've got to Especially be with little kids, like mm-hmm. boys and girls. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I use anatomically correct terminology in my house. Oh. We know all about everything. <laughs> oh, my kids know everything too. We talked about this at dinner the other night. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Chloe, you have a vagina. Uh-huh. You also have a vulva uh-huh. and you have a urethra yes. where your pee comes from. Uh-huh. Sorry, kid. We're not calling anything a pee pee or wee wee <laughs> or tee or a lulu. I've heard a lulu before. Flower. <laughs> it's, not, it's not happening. Sorry. Yes. When you get older, you can call it whatever the fuck you want. Uh-huh. Right now, this is what it is. Yes. Yeah. Very good. And consent and like respect for um, their ability to make decisions, right? So like Chloe's not a big kid who wants to do sleepovers. And I don't know if it's because she prefers the comfort of her home because she gets really homesick or if it's because like as a kid who has been diagnosed with ADHD, that's part of her like maybe a little of her anxiety is like being away from me because I'm her Mm -hmm. safe space. So like when she hangs out with her friends and they're far away, like if she calls me, I'm like, hey, man, I'm coming to pick you up Mm -hmm. because like I'm not going to create that. I'm not going to establish that just because you're at somebody's house doesn't mean that I'm not able to get in my car and come pick you up. Mm -hmm. Like, and we talk about it and I'm like, 
if you want to go hang out with these people, I will go with you. I will take you. You can hang out with them for the day, but I will not drive all the way home to come pick you back up. Yeah. But like, we'll make it a day, right? Uh And then we all, we will both go home together. Mm -hmm. But I think we've come to that conclusion together because she just really gets anxiety about being away from home. And I don't even care. I'm like, whatever, bro. You can come home every night if you want to. Right. But that's what I try to teach Matt too, because he doesn't understand maybe. And I'm, he has a lot of grace from me because he doesn't have kids yet. So he hasn't mm, gone through mm-hmm. it. And he doesn't know what that's like for mm-hmm. a kid to call you and cry mm-hmm. and be like, I want to come home. Mm-hmm. And as a parent, that's like your first, you want that. Yes. Versus the opposite. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I would never want my kid to be like, fuck you, mom. I don't want to come <laughs> home. <laughs> no, I want yes. my kid to call me from six hours away and be like, can you come get? Yes. I'll get on a plane right now, bro. Yeah. But he's like, oh, I just don't get it. That's just such a far driver, whatever you got. I was like, if I establish this pattern now that she's able to call me at a time of need mm-hmm. in any situation, yes. then when she gets older, uh-huh. she will then call me mm-hmm. in a time of need in any situation. Correct. With zero judgment. Yes. I'm never going to judge you. Right. If you're drunk at a party in 15, mm-hmm. I'm coming to pick your ass up. Yes. You're going to be grounded. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm going to be your Uber driver, okay? Yes. I yeah. will drive your ass to ground town, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Well, because the sleepover, whatever, wherever she's at, is the biggest anxiety that she has at that developmental stage in her life. Right. And you're showing her that you you will be there for her yeah. and comfort her yeah. when she needs it, right? And so, yes, that's going to translate later into... When she's drinking at a party and she has anxiety about where she is, she knows she's not supposed to be doing this, and you're the one that you're the reason why she's not supposed to be doing this because you're the mom and told her against me, yes, right. But she still knows that she can pick you up because she's going to have that just kind of memory, whether conscious or unconscious, that mom is always there and mom does not judge me, yeah, right. I might get a lecture or I might get consequences or something like that, but mom doesn't care as long as I'm safe. What are you going to do about your kids and social media? Mm. (laughs) So we've done this. (laughs) We're navigating this right now. Okay. With your Uh, oldest, right? He's 11? Yes. Okay. And he's he's begging you for everything or what? He never asked for a phone. Okay. and That's nice. Yeah. Asking for that shit and she's seven. I know. (laughs) And I don't, I don't know why it took him this long. So he's in fifth grade and I mean, you know, Russell and I were set on not getting him a phone until junior high. So seventh and eighth grade. Yeah. Um, and he had never asked for one. So we were like, yes, we're in the clear. And every night we'd be like, yes, we're making it one more day. Another day. Yes, another day. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden, I, I guess it was back in February, he was like, can I have a phone? And it was really because um, his bus stop is a mile away. Yes. And he likes to ride the bus. And it's good because we have two different kids at two different schools and I work, you know, and so I can't take them to school. And um, so anyway, started taking the bus and then it's a mile away. When he gets dropped off, they get dropped off at apartments and the apartments have uh, basketball um, places there for them to play. And so he plays basketball with the people who live there and people who get dropped off at his bus. And um, when that's kind of cool, though. Yeah, yeah, it's neat. Yeah, but when he's ready to come home, you know, like, um, oh yeah, he has hey, no Dad, way of communicating with us, right? Yeah. So we were like, well, that's good too. And the other thing is, um, 
you know, he's 11, so he has no sense of time. And we're, oh, yeah. So we're like, you know, you got to come home before dark. But he's like, oh, it's dark. And now I got to go home. You know, and then he's got to walk a mile. We're like, we're not in we the don't dark. Feel safe with that. Yeah. No. So we're like, oh, we got to get him a phone. Okay. Um, but yes, yeah, social media is a nightmare to everybody, I'm sure. But to me, I think it's even more of a nightmare because I am a therapist and I see yes, kids firsthand. And they tell me the truth because I am their therapist yes. and I built that rapport. Yes. Um, so I know how. What's um, the truth, though? You can't say anything about them, but what's the truth? What's some scandalous shit that kids yeah, are really doing? So um, outside of nudes. Well, here's one of the biggest things, and I don't know if everybody knows this or what, but it was new to me. Um, a lot of depression from a lot of the adolescents I was seeing was coming from Snapchat. In um, So I didn't even know this, and I have Snapchat, but with, <laughs> I guess there's this thing called a streak. So do you know about a streak? Oh my God, I do know about a streak, like your best friend's streak. Yes, yes. So okay, so you, a streak for everyone listening on Snapchat is if Bianca and I message each other every single day, we then have a streak. So you can't break the streak, or then it's mm. like the end of the world. Mm. Is it like yeah. daily? Daily you have to do a streak? I think it is daily. I don't know. Yeah, but I guess every 24 and then it doesn't hours. like erase the conversation. Like it normally does, right? So um, so the kids were telling me about this streak, and it, it's not just with your best friend. I mean, it's with, like, your group. Sure, and yeah, possibly everyone. Possibly people yeah. that you're 5% yeah. removed from, you know, like. Yeah. And so when somebody breaks your streak with them or they break your streak with you, um, that's like a ultimate, I don't like you. You did something wrong. <sighs> uh-huh. It's like the new way to cyberbully is breaking your streak. Correct. Damn. And mean girls are bitches, dude. Yes. Breaking streaks all over the town. <laughs> and imagine you've got like streaks going with like 40 people. Imagine how much time that that's taken. Are you doing your homework, Karen? What are you doing? Right. <laughs> yes. The other thing was is that Snapchat and a bunch of other social media um, that they use that seems innocent and probably totally is innocent has their location on it. And so oh. all these kids share their locations with each other. Yes. So on I one, we're already picturing why that is so dangerous. Yes. Um, two, though, is that mentally it's dangerous because what they're doing is they're checking what their friends are doing after school on the weekends if they're doing anything fun. And if they're not there. Yeah. FOMO. Right. Right. So the pressure of even just having to be hanging out at somewhere that's cool, right? Um, new, fun, where your with other can people. Be, can yes. See. Yeah. On is, Snapchat, if you check my location, I'm at home <laughs> <laughs> every night. Yeah. Okay, by like seven thirty. So right. don't get it twisted. I ain't going nowhere. Uh huh. So I mean, it, it, it's those, and then obviously we already know about the sending pictures. Yeah. Um, we know about saying things. Too yeah. right, just what you say yes. can be misconstrued. Um, so bad, yes. And maybe you're saying it with your best friend who you trust with your life, but 10 years later, when you want to become a teacher or you're becoming a CEO of you know some big corporation yep. or whatever it is, it can be used that against person you. is not your friend anymore, right? Yes, it's used against you, right? So, we had a huge talk with Ethan about. All of this. Okay. Um, I even showed him examples of things that I had posted. Yeah. That could totally. My Facebook memories from yes. 2009. Correct. What the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> I remember 
remember seeing that. Yes. I think it said some shit like, I want to be laying out by the pool with curls and booze or some shit. Get the fuck out of here. So profound. Yes. This is a very motivated governor we have here, right? <laughs> it, it's taken out of context. And it, it, it's not, you know, and I think as we start to get older, we're going to see more people in high places be, um, they are products of social media. And so we're going to see a lot more of this come out and it might be normalized, but I don't know how much of it is going to be normalized to where it's not completely held against you. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Even though it's normalized doesn't mean that it's not going to be like. Correct. Yeah. So we told him that, you know, um, we also told him that at his age, that there are many other parents that are checking phones too. Oh yeah. Right? So you say something to your friend. Yes. Um how do you know that their parents aren't going to judge you off of what you're talking yeah. to their kid about? And I don't know about you guys, but with Chloe's just with Chloe's iPad that she watches YouTube kids in front of us on. Mm-hmm. We take that every night. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine when she gets a phone taking that shit every night. Yeah. Going through every single app. <laughs> And Matt is like the technology guy, so he'll literally be like, "That's a oh, fake app." I'm so that's a fake app. Glad that's that a fake he app. is. Like that's that's fake. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So I mean, the whole thing is is that you know th- this social media can it can ruin their lives for the obvious, um, but also just. It ruins creativity, right? Being on your phone all of the time. I mean, it ruins it ruins creativity that you create yourself. You might get ideas from other people, but that's not generating your own creativity, right? Now yeah. you're relying on something else. I mean, depression has increased. We know all the things that come from social media and phones and stuff like that. But um, I think the majority of people just preach, don't tell your address, don't tell where you live, all of those things, right? Because when we had this talk with Ethan, he said, I'm not going to tell anybody where I live. I mean, you know, and we're like, that's, that's not what we're worried about. We're, we're, yes, we're worried about you getting kidnapped, but that's not the biggest thing to, or the only thing. I mean, it's the biggest thing, but it's not the only thing, right? right? Your life could be ruined by you just sharing something. So imagine what other kids have gone through now, especially with COVID and being so isolated, but also being bullied. Yes. Like children are now taking their lives. Right. Like 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 year olds. Mm-hmm. Kids that we would never even consider to be a suicide risk 20 mm-hmm. years ago, 10 years, 15 yes. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And no matter how much you explain to these kids the um, dangers and risk of social media, right? The depression that can come from seeing other people have a better life than you in quotes right um god it's all they don't understand because they don't have a prefrontal cortex and it's not even fully developed until you're almost 30 man yes so we are we have to be their prefrontal cortex and we have to understand that they're not going to understand that yeah so um i think every parent has to talk amongst themselves how they want to go about doing it but russell and i we thought like at his age at 11 that we are going to be fully hands-on yeah um so we told him that he's going to have a pinwheel phone for people out there who don't know what that is it's it's a phone that doesn't have internet access so it does have gps um he can text he can call there are certain apps that he can get but they are very educational apps um there's a sex health app too that i think people might think that oh my gosh that's crazy (laughs) uh you know but 
There, there's all types of great apps on there, but he can't click to anything that's going to be on the internet. Um, it's a Samsung phone. So Pinwheel is a, it's a company based out of Austin. It's yeah. like two young guys started this yeah. who went to UT, I think. Um, but they buy Samsung phones and then they get in there and do all the IT stuff to where they can't be hacked and they place it only with this Pinwheel um, device and everything that he does on his phone, we see yes. on our phone, everything. Yes. So we can read all of his text messages. We, um, you know, we can't listen to his conversations right. when he's talking on the phone, but we yeah. know who's calling and when. We can, we're the ones who approve any contacts that are put into his phone. We, um, we can take away contacts. Um, there's a schedule on there, so we don't even have to go get his phone at the end of the night and say, okay, so it's coming with us. So you just open your app, I'm yeah. opening my pinwheel, uh-huh. let's see what Ethan's been doing yeah. today. Uh, every, at 8.30 it shuts off, like, doesn't shut down completely, he's just not allowed to use anything on there except for the alarm for the next morning. Um, Perfect. And, and that's just scheduleized, right? Yeah. Um, then we also have the Bark app, just in case, because he does have an iPad and, you know, he has a phone, yeah. he has internet, it's, or, or, I mean, not a phone. A TV, yeah. you know, smart TV, yeah. where he watches YouTube and everything like that. So the Bark app, we love the Bark app because what it does, you can put it on their TV, you can put it on their iPads, you can put it on everything. And it just alerts you for uh, violence, bullying, um, Interesting. all different sorts of stuff. You can put it on their TV and their iPad? Uh-huh. Yeah, you put it on everything. I know. I'm like, Matt, Bark app, okay, thank you. It's amazing. You know, so we know what's going on with our kids. Yeah. So Ethan is not allowed to have any social media except for TikTok. So we allowed him to have TikTok. Is that like a compromise or what? Because he wanted to do dances or So he's creative. No, he, he makes... Um, videos and films of like where he puts background music to it and a lot oh, of it is sports and he's really good at it. Chloe so, really wants a YouTube channel. She wants to call it Chloe's Corner. So we went, yeah. I know. I mean, you know. She wants to teach people how to brush her teeth, bro. I'm like, I can't be mad at you. And she's so cute. But <laughs> she wants to be like you. No, I know. <laughs> she's the computer. I'm programming her. <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to stop that creativity because Absolutely technology not. is the future. Yes. Right? So and shit, if she can start a YouTube channel, my neighbor is a legit YouTuber. She has one point mm. five million followers. Oh. She's she's synonymous with being thirteen and pregnant. She had a child yeah. when she was thirteen. Uh-huh. Crazy. She's nineteen now. She bought a house from YouTube. Good for her. Bought a car from YouTube. Mm-hmm. She gets to spend all of her time with her four year old now, mm-hmm. and they hang out all day. They go to the pool. They go to the gym. That's they amazing. go get lunch. They do whatever. Like yes. she's not even twenty years old, right? From YouTube. So what? Who the hell am I to yeah. stand in front of my kid Correct. and think if this is the way that you could potentially even not only if you want to go to college and pay for college? Chloe's on this kick. She wants to be a tattoo artist. I'm like, live your best life, bro. <laughs> Tattoo artist and a hairstylist. I'm like, YOLO. <laughs> but if she wants to go to college or whatever she wants to spend that money, if she wants to buy a house, if she wants to uh, travel and go to Europe or whatever, like if she can start a YouTube and start to monetize that, her mm-hmm. future, I'm, I can't. Yeah. And her dad and I have just discussed and he was like, I just want to make sure that all the private, privacy settings and that you and I are managing the channel and that she and you and I are are doing all the work. Chloe's posting the content. She just can't access anything like that. And I was like, 100%, I support that. And he said, you know, school's obviously first and before we can approve of her to have this channel. Because, I mean, she does everything. She Mm -hmm. has a ring light. Like, she'll she'll teach... 
Welcome back to Chloe's Corner. Um, today, we're going to talk about brushing our teeth. Okay, guys, get your toothbrush and your toothpaste. I like this kind of toothpaste. This is just what I... Did you do this? <laughs> the whole thing, man. And I'm like, how can I... I can't turn that off. Yes, That's I innate. Know. She yeah, was I know. born with mm-hmm. that. Like, just the best person... Oh, my God. And the, yes. her room has mirrors, wall to ceiling. I think it was like a yeah, dance studio. Me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every morning, dude. I'm yes, like, set your, what she set your born to do. timer on Alexa because you get seven and a half minutes to stare at yourself in the mirror. And then mm-hmm. after that, you have to get ready for school. Like, <laughs> <it's> so <laughs> bad. Literally, her punishment, like the threats are like, I'll take the mirrors down off your off your wall if you don't. Yes. Uh, because it's that bad. No, well, when she, she came over to my house, we have myself. those huge mirrors. Yeah. Every time. She was introducing to herself like, <laughs> hi, my name's Claire. <laughs> look how cute I look in these yes. years. <laughs> I love her. She's all girl. You have to foster that. Thousand percent. But you, you've got to do it in a way. Yes. And it sounds like you and her dad are doing that. Yeah. That is safe. Yes. And But that's, that's where parents stop short sometimes because it, it's a lot. It is a lot to look up and research. Yes. I mean, we spent eight. Hours. I know. I remember you making that post about yes. like all the things that you did. And that's the thing is like, imagine being a single parent. Mm-hmm. I was a single parent. Imagine mm-hmm. being a single parent and trying to navigate that shit yeah. while your kid is literally bitching at you because they want to have a phone or social media yes. or whatever. And you're like, excuse me, I'm exhausted. I've worked all day. I do not have time for this shit. Correct. Have whatever the fuck you want. Yes. Because that's very easy. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. easy to do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm fortunate that we have... Not two parents, but four parents uh-huh. that are managing mm-hmm. my one beautiful child so that mm-hmm. she can have this support system who's like, checks and balances, yes. right? Does everybody think that this is okay? Do we all think that, do we all approve of this? Like, uh-huh. how do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? And she has an iPad that has YouTube and a phone that has service that can only play YouTube Kids. Yeah. I think YouTube Kids and there's like a game, maybe a game. But Matt is like, mm-hmm. every, everything's shut off, parental restrictions, like everything's locked down. She's not even able to make a phone call just because she does have service on her phone. Yeah. But like, that's for like when we're in the car, or we're driving a long way or whatever. But yeah, mm-hmm. he's that guy. So he's like. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Parental controls, See. everything, like safety. Amazing. One thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. Because Russell and I if it were not to me, like that. <laughs> we're not like that. Yeah. We were watching YouTube videos after YouTube videos after YouTube videos of how to do all these things. And it's funny because every social media app, YouTube, TikTok, all these things, they have parental controls. Yes. And so when parents click that over, they think that they're doing their due diligence. But that's not all. But it's not. It is not and all. And literally, as someone who has a YouTube channel now, the only thing you have to do is say this is made for kids or it's not made for kids. You can literally make anything made for kids. Yes. And you'd think that YouTube would have enough regulations or enough people to screen and Mm. monitor. They don't have that. Mm -mm. They don't have that. So you have to check all this shit yourself. Correct. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sketchy. It's a lot. So, And it's coming at them from every angle and all of their... And it's like, (laughs) the shitty part is you and I are adults now. Mm -hmm. We get to choose where we work. We get to choose what we do, right? We get to choose who we surround ourselves with. They don't have Mm -hmm. that option at school right. and especially for young uh formidable minds mm-hmm. it's like what are your friends doing yeah what are well, all the kids the most at school doing thing, 
to them too. Exactly. At that developmental stage, you know, from puberty till about 18, they're peers. Friends. And yes. Yes. Who am I and am I included? Yes. Am, and am I okay with that? So if I'm not included in things or I don't identify with everybody else, right. am I okay with that? If I do, if I fit in with everybody and everybody likes me, am I still okay with that? Yes. You know, so that is where they're getting their identity from of who they are in this world. So peers are the most influential person to them. Yes. No matter what. And you have to continue to like support them through those relationships, right? And, yeah. and through how they feel when they, you know, um, make sure that they understand that when when they're coming home from school, right, and they're just in a bad mood and they say it's because, you know, Claire looked at me the wrong way. Right. You've really got to understand that that is a big deal to them. Yes. Right? Yes. That is huge. That's the biggest thing that they've dealt with today yes. in their lives. Right. Right. And so you've got to listen to them. And don't minimize it. Don't minimize it. And don't give them a solution right away. Yeah. Just, just listen. Don't. Yeah. Just refrain. My number one thing is when I ask Chloe all the time, like, hey, how does your day go? She told me a story the other day about school. She was like, well, this person is my sensitive friend. And I was like, okay, so what is that? What does that mean? What do you mean sensitive friend? She was like, well, you know, if I say something that Molly doesn't like, then Molly gets, you know, emotional or she shuts down or whatever. And I was like, okay, well, what does that look like for you? Like, what does that mean for you? She's like, well, I just have to watch what I say around Molly because I don't want... Yeah. And I was like, fuck that kid. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's my first initial reaction. I'm like, fuck that shit. You are not going to censor yourself because of this kid. But I held my tongue and I was like, it's a thousand percent okay to be conscientious of your friend's feelings and to be Mm. aware of Mm -hmm. your friend's feelings. But please do not uh, change yourself because of someone else's feelings and what they think or what they like to hear and don't like to hear. Mm -hmm. Your friends are allowed to say the things that they want to say, and they're allowed to create those boundaries. Like, I don't like it when you say X to me, but like a whole group of them excluded her from something, and she came home and she was really upset Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. And like really upset about it. And and for me, as someone who maybe not necessarily experienced being the outcast, I was very privy to mean girls because, and what I didn't know at the time was a lot of it, it was jealousy mm-hmm. on their part. Like they were jealous of me. So they were like, let's be mean to her mm-hmm. so we can make her feel some type of way. And my dumb ass is just like, but I just want to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I know now this is why their behavior, they were exhibiting said behaviors, right? Uh-huh. So for Chloe, I'm like, when all of these kids, when these three girls in your class exclude you from something, then, and she's asking me, I was like, you know, do you want solutions from me? Like, do you want an answer from me or do you need my help? And she was like, yes. And I she love was, that you asked that. Yes. Can we just repeat that for the people in the back? <laughs> so when your kids have a problem, if they want, okay. And ask I, them. I typically ask her too. I'm like, do you want do you need a hug or do you need me to help you with this problem? Like, do you need comfort or solutions, right? Because I... You're amazing. I'm amazing amazing from life experience. (laughs) But I ask her, I'm like, do you need a hug? What do you need from me right now so that I can support you in Mm -hmm. whatever you're feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So three of these um, classmates excluded her for something and I was like, tell me about some other friends that don't ever do that to you. 
And she was like, this person, this person, and this person. Mm-hmm. And I said, here's where you get to draw your boundaries. Here's where you get to tell those three girls who excluded you that if they continue to do these things to you, that you will no longer play with them. You will instead play with these friends who have never done that to you. And she was like, that's really good. I was like, yeah, man, because that's not fair. And also, like, you are you are magical and you are the unicorn. Everybody wants to play with you. Mm-hmm. You have a very big personality and people want to be your friend. But mm-hmm. the reason why they're doing these things is not about you. It's about them. Mm-hmm. But instead of trying to dim your light or make yourself fit in with their group, you're going to go play with these other friends who love you just the way you are. Yes. And if you continue to subject, subject yourself to playing with these girls... Then you're going to still feel this way. Mm -hmm. And when these other people don't make you feel that way and make you feel really good about yourself and who you are and your personality and how nice you are and all these things, you're going to feel so much better about yourself. Yeah. So your your decision is, do you want to feel bad or do you want to feel good? Mm -hmm. And just because it it hurts because you really want to be these people's friends, you're going to feel so much better about yourself when you have friends that never treat you like that. Mm-hmm. But that was so tough to hear. I wanted to punch all of those little bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to punch all of them. Oh, but I love the way you explained it to her. From life you know? experience, though, but man. Just I wanted even to- the way that you taught her about boundaries is amazing. Because I can't lie, I felt pretty good about that. I want to pat myself on the back. <laughs> no, but I don't even know if you know what you did is so different from when other people tried to establish boundaries. Um, you you told her, I'm going to remind you what you said. You said, um, tell them that, um, you said if they continued to treat her a certain way, yeah. right, that that she will instead go over and play with this other group of girls, yeah. right? She, she will not stand there and be subjected right. to that, right? right? She didn't say, don't treat me that way. Right. Because boundaries, that's that's what people don't get sometimes is that boundaries is not, I'm not telling you what you can do. I'm just telling you that if you do that, which you can. Yes. Right? You can do whatever you want to do. You can treat me however you want to treat me. But if you do that, then here's what I'm going to do. Right. Because I can't control your behaviors, but I can control mine. Correct. Yes. That's a boundary. Yeah. Those are boundaries. They're beautiful. Yes. We love boundaries. <laughs> when you tell people you're not going to treat me that way, um, that's not a boundary. You are now telling somebody what they can and can't not do. And no matter what, it's not going to be, it's not going to get you what you want. It's not, you know, when you're creating boundaries, it's not going to get you the reaction from that person that you want. Yeah. Because that person is now on the defense because you're t- telling them yes. what they can do or what, can't do. Right. You're controlling them. And that's not a boundary. Right. That is just controlling behavior. Right. Uh-huh. And you can't do that. Right. Like, literally, you can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just glad that you talked to her <laughs> in that way. Ugh, I love it. And it, the best part is when it comes back full circle. Like, we were supposed to have plans. We were supposed to go see my brother last Sunday. And I was just so tired from all these IVF meds. And I was just like, man, mm-hmm. let's just stay home and be chill and whatever. And then she came into the living room and she sat on the couch and she was like... I just hope Uncle Charles isn't disappointed that we decided not to go to his house. And I was like, you're seven. How do you Uh, have this? Maybe she can be a YouTuber who's a therapist. God, because of you. I would love it. I would love it. I'd be like, bring it on. She could teach all these people how to brush their teeth and how to have healthy relationships. How to be mentally healthy. (laughs) Let me show you how. Welcome back to Uh, Chloe's Corner. She's great. She's the best. She's the best. I love her. 
And I just, I'm so excited to see how she blossoms and grows Mm -hmm. from, and it's like breaking that, what is it, generational trauma cycle or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so excited to see all of the things that she does not have to face because of the seeds that I'm planting now. Yeah. All the things that she feels comfortable about in her preteen, teen, you know, young adult life, all the things that she doesn't feel pressured to do because mm-hmm. she has all these tools. Yes. She's got a whole fucking tool. She's got yeah. Matco toolbox yes. of all this emotionally healthy shit. Uh-huh. So she will be that kid who gets to grow up confident about whatever. Bro, you want to be a hairstylist? Be a fucking hairstylist. <laughs> yes. Do you want me to set you up with um, an internship? I'll call my hair girl right now. You can mm-hmm. go up there and hold foils and fold foils for the rest of the day and yes. see what it's really like to be a hairstylist. Like, yeah. those are the types of things that I want to expose her to because you really feel like you want to do that. You really feel like you want to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. Go see if you can sit in on a session or if you can talk to a therapist mm-hmm. and find out what they really do and what that yeah. really looks like. You yes. know? That would just be like a game changer. But the other thing is, back to social media, that... That's why I think it's okay for you to let her to have a YouTube channel. Yeah. Because you are, but you're also supporting her emotional growth. And that's the biggest challenge to being, you know, a social media influencer, right? That's why so many parents are scared of that. You know, there was that Netflix documentary and everything about how sad and depressed all these influencers are. Yeah. But it's because they were not emotionally ready yet. But and no fault to their parents, but we didn't know how this was going to go. You know, we didn't know. This is literally our experiment. This whole thing. Yeah. We didn't know how likes were just going to either make or break you dopamine hit dopamine hit dopamine (laughs) correct (laughs) so when you're preparing her for that you're preparing her to be somebody who could be very successful as a youtube or or influencer whatever it is and not be bogged down by the negativity of it all yeah right yeah i think you should let her I've told, I, I'm, I was here for it when she was four. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes. When she was drinking Tobo Chico and she's like, I like this. Uh-huh. But my boyfriend doesn't like this. Yes. What is that, Chloe? Tobo Chico. Uh-huh. My boyfriend only likes spray. <laughs> what the fuck is spray, Chloe? Sprite. Oh, okay. It's a saucy drink. Uh-huh. He loves his saucy drink. <laughs> she's so funny, man. I love her. She's the best. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what other nuggets or pearls of wisdom would you like to leave us with? Um, as far as healthy relationships, it doesn't even have to be about parenting. I would say healthy relationships. Yeah. Well, in general, you're like, well, that's a big one. There's so. a big one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, I, I, it's a lot, you know, and I think it's a tell as old as time. You've got to be comfortable with yourself. Yes. Before you're comfortable having relationships with anybody else, right? So um, it is about self-esteem is huge right now. That's a lot of what I'm seeing. Anxiety is a big predictor of people coming into therapy um, right now because of the pandemic and everything. I think it's made all of our anxieties rise and some to um, a level where we don't have the coping skills or tools to use to kind of get stable again. Yeah. Um, but along with that is self-esteem. I'm seeing a lot of self-esteem issues come in. And, you know, at, at the fundamental definition of self-esteem is somebody who's aware of their flaws and still holds their self to a high regard. That's good. How does somebody have that, though? I have pretty self-esteem. high self-esteem. Yes. Where the fuck did I get that from? <sighs> 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, it's just like anything else. It's part nature. It's part nurture, right? Okay. So um, a lot of it has to do with resiliency. So you you need things to overcome. Oh, to yeah. have more self-esteem, yeah. right? Yeah. You've got to have failures to have self-esteem because you have to you have to be aware that you can make it through. Sure. Um you have to be you have to be knowledgeable of your strengths, right? Yeah. Um but also knowledgeable of your flaws and still holding yourself into a high regard, right? That's why it's so important that fundamental definition because then you start skating the line of like narcissism or cockiness. Sure, yeah. Right? Those people are not aware of their flaws. They might know their flaws, but they're subconscious. They push them back to the subconscious. Those don't exist. That's not yes. real. Yes. And I don't I'm going to tell of those. you why. So those instead, I'm going exist. to lie or I'm going to, you know, bolster myself into a way that makes you look away from my flaws, right? Um, so you start going into narcissism, and that's just a false sense of, of self. And that's a false, yeah. you know, Right. Delusional. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it'll get you somewhere. It will. It could get you to a successful place. Sure. But mentally, to have the strength to have and foster healthy relationships, it's probably not going to get you there. Right. Yeah. You have to you have know, humility to have good yes. relationships. Uh-huh. Right. And the other, so if you know, if you know your flaws and you still hold yourself to a high regard. Um, it's going to be easier to relate to other people because everybody has flaws. Sure. And if you know that they have flaws, but you know that they can still be held to a high regard too because you do that to yourself, right? Then we have more of authentic, open dialogue rather than judgmental, reactive, or um, defensive Mm. dialogue. Yeah. Right? Because I'm going to have defensive dialogue with you if you point out or even push a button that's near my flaws. Sure. I'm going to become defensive. Yeah. Right? Because I don't like those. But if I have good self-esteem right. that knows about those flaws but still thinks very good of myself, then I'm going to let you push those buttons all day and we're going to have a real talk about things. How would is, one... How would one um, I'm asking for everyone listening because clearly I'm perfect. I have no flaws. How I don't would know. One... You're a pretty good mom. <laughs> Real good mom. You're like, so what's the catch, April? Where's one of those flaws? <laughs> I've always liked you. Though. She's a I've, narcissist. I've Who knows? Always known that you're a good person. Yeah, ditto. Mm-hmm. That's why we're still fucking friends 17 years <laughs> later. Um, but yeah, like how let's let's say someone is, you know, maybe didn't grow up in a very emotionally healthy home or you know, has to a lot of trauma that they have to battle with. Because for me, um, I'm definitely cognizant of my flaws. I fucking suck at details. I am not good with details. I'm not good with dates, times, etc. Unless it's very, very, very important to me. Um, so like anything ad- administrative kind of falls by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Uh, money management. That's why my husband manages our money because I'm terrible See? with money management. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but let's say someone wants to do some more self-exploration, right? Would you suggest that they find a therapist? Yeah. Like start to talk to a therapist? Mm-hmm. But therapy can be tough, yes. right? Because you're like, where the fuck do I start? Who do yeah. I start with? What? Uh, How do I find okay, out? Okay, I'm so glad you asked this question. Okay. Because um, I was thinking a long time ago, but I remember myself thinking um, <laughs> after I left your podcast. One, only, one <laughs> only one time. I remember that one time. It was a good time. Um, but after I left your podcast last time, we talked so much about mental health and therapy and then sex therapy, obviously, but I didn't ever explain, um, 
all the different types. Of There's so many. And everything. Yes. And I only know about them because I've literally gone through a bunch of different mm-hmm. ones. And for everyone listening who hasn't gone through shit, yes. who's like, hey, this really, I'm identifying with this yeah. episode and I want to explore. Yes. Like, where do they go? Okay. So, um, so you have different types. So let's start with psychiatrist, right? Yes. So a psychiatrist is a medical doctor. Um, so they prescribe medication. Yes. Now, a lot of psychiatrists do also, um, they've took some type of like either um, classes or got certified to do talk therapy. So there are some psychiatrists who will prescribe medication and do talk therapy also. Okay. A lot don't though because psychiatrists are so few far in between. We need more, especially in Texas. Um, And so sometimes- So you're telling me to go to medical school. Is that what you're saying? Yes, please do. I mean, (laughs) but- um, so since we need them so much, their time is limited. And so a lot of them do see the benefit of them just seeing more clients to prescribe medication rather than doing an hour-long talk therapy because they're so needed. So they they're worked so on demand. like a referral type basis? Like they talk to maybe the therapist and then the, the therapist refers them to a psychiatrist? You would hope. Heard okay. in a perfect world. All in, right. in a perfect world, <laughs> um, if you have multiple of what I'm about to explain, they work together, okay. right? So in a perfect world, hopefully. Um, so you have the psychiatrist prescribes medication. Sometimes you'll find one who does talk therapy. Um, but always ask before, if you want talk therapy and medication at the same time, always ask before you go in. Okay. Because you're going to find yourself with a big bill and you're only going to have medication and you're wanting to talk to somebody about yeah. your trauma, right? So ask. Um, you're like, oh, wait, I'm still fucked up, but I got a script. Yeah. <laughs> I got this. It's going to work. Okay. Um then you have psychologist. So psychologist, um, they they have a PhD um, in a psychology realm. Mostly, what psychologists do, or not mostly individually, but what the majority of psychologists do, they they'll do the testing, right? So they'll test for ADHD or cognitive problems, mood disorders, personality disorders. A lot of them are tested and they have to be um, certified in all these different tests. Okay. So if you're looking to get your child like tested for ADHD because the school said. Yes. Or um, Which you should, like by that. the way. Yes. Yes. Um, you're going to look for a psychologist. Okay. Okay. So they're going to do the testing for that. Now, um, all these other doctors that I'm talking about can still diagnose and some master's level can diagnose too. But if you're wanting to get a test, like, yes. tested, like an evaluation, it, that's going to be a psychologist, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then some, a lot of psychologists do talk therapy too. So they have, you know, they've taken courses or, you know, somehow been educated too in their line of work of doing talk therapy. So they decide whether they just do the testing or if they do testing and talk therapy or they just strictly do talk therapy. Um, so that's what a psychologist is. So psychologist is not going to prescribe you medication. Psychiatrist is. Right. Now I'm a psychotherapist. So this is even another one. Yeah. So here's another one. So we only do talk therapy. Okay. So we only do therapy. We don't prescribe. Um, we will diagnose. Yes. But we are, we are mainly for talk therapy. Um, and then we have a bunch of different models and that's for another thing. So you have CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. Um, or you have EFT, which is emotionally focused. There's solution focused. There's, um, oh, an array. Yeah. Um, so do your homework. Yes. For so sure. Do your homework. Yeah. Um, but also too, um, 
you don't have to know what kind of model you want to go in because the therapist usually chooses their model based on how they see change evolving. And all of these models, you know, see change. That's why they are therapeutic models. Okay. It's just going to take you in different directions, right? But you do want to know if you're going to therapy for trauma. Yes. You really want to see some, you know, some type of trauma-focused therapist. Okay. um, And what they use. If you want to talk about your past and you yeah. want to go into the childhood, sure. Um, y- you need to look for a model that's geared towards that. Okay. Right? Um, then you've got even more. So you've yes. got social workers. Yes. Um, just social workers. I I don't know too much about this realm, but what I do know is that social workers can have a bachelor degree. So a lot of them work within like um, social work situations, right? Yeah. Um, hospitals, CPS, CPS, yes, um, clinics, all sorts of things, right? Um, They're going to be the ones that are connecting you to different different resources that you need. I I, I believe a social work with a bachelor's doesn't do talk therapy. I don't know. I could be wrong. But then you have LCSWs. So those are licensed clinical social workers. Yeah. Those have master's degrees and they do a lot of talk therapy. Okay. Um, And then you have LMSWs. So those are licensed master's social workers and they do a lot of talk therapy too. Okay. And then let's say what you were asking me about before. Maybe you just... You're just like, okay, maybe I should get a therapist. I don't know why, right. but I just want to better myself. Sure. Um, start off with a life coach, right? Mm-hmm. I love life coaches. Okay. Um, I do because yeah. those, so those are different. They, they don't have, um, I don't, I don't know if you have to have a bachelor's. Some of them do have bachelor's, master's. I mean, some of them yeah. had PhDs and different things, but they are a life coach, which means that they don't have to adhere to any board, but they did have to get a certification in becoming a life coach. Okay. Um, so they're not like us, like, you know, you can sue me or right. can, yes. I have to, I have have to adhere to certain, <laughs> yes, ethics and rules yeah. and guidelines, state, uh, you know, uh, national, all different times. Um, coaches don't, but they're not, um, they're not digging into your past, your past as much. They're probably going to ask you things and connect some dots, sure. right? But they're more about coaching. What are things that you could, the steps that you could take now in your life to make your, yourself better? And they're going to check in with you a lot too. Usually life coaches give you their numbers. You're texting them. You're calling them. Yeah. They're asking you to send different things, uh, goals and steps that you're obtaining, right? Um, so life coaches are, are great if you yeah. just want to make your life better, if and you want to like grow. an accountability partner, but yeah. also someone that's going to help you reach your goals. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So um, so there, there's a wide range. Um, I always tell people to go to psychologytoday.com yeah. because that is a great place to yeah. find somebody. You could put in your insurance. You can put in what you're struggling with. You can yeah. put in your zip code, everything that's going to pop up. With um, people that are around people. you and people that are offering yeah. online too. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I do think it's very important if you are going to do, you know, a combination of medication and therapy, which I always think you should. I am yeah. a vi- big advocate for that. Yeah. Right. Um, if you're going to do therapy, do therapy alone. That's fine. You don't have to take medication. But if you're going to take medication for do both, yeah, yes. for mental health, yeah, do therapy as well. Yeah. Medication is only to get you to the starting line. Sure. Therapy is what gets you finished. Yes. Right. So, um, but you want to make sure that those two people are talking. Your therapist and your psychiatrist, yeah. or whoever's prescribing you medication. Primary cares can prescribe you medication. Yep. But those two people need to be talking. Yeah. 
So at my practice, we have we have seven doctors. At my practice, we're in South Lake. Yeah. Um, and uh, we have seven different doctors. We have psychologists, psychotherapists, um, psychiatrists. We all talk to each other. If I have a client who comes with their own psychiatrist, I do ask for a release of authorization because sure. I would like to talk to them. I would like for them to tell me what's going on too. Right. Um, it's just a very holistic way of providing mental health, which is uber important. Very important. <laughs> yeah. And like normal shit, right? Like yes. take care of your body, mm-hmm. sleep. Yeah. A but lot. I, I, everybody go get some type of help. I have a therapist. You know, I'm a therapist and I see a therapist. So, How often do you see your therapist? I don't, I don't see my therapist that much. You know, I actually have not. Se- I've seen my therapist once since I've been married. Okay. In the last three years. Okay. So I do just kind of go for checkups. Sure. Um, and check-ins. I saw, or check-ins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, she is there if I need her. Of course. Um, I also work with therapists too. So sometimes I just kind of lay it You're all like, out hey, on ma'am, them. Can you listen to my problem <laughs> and I'll help you if you have a problem too? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's healthy. It's just a, a great place to grow, oh, I, learn more about yourself, learn about your flaws. I love that shit. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I honest, I really like when, I really like constructive criticism too. I like when people tell me when I'm wrong because not that I'm surrounded by yes men, but I'm surrounded by people who love me. You like to feed your self-esteem. Do I? Mm-hmm. By people telling me that I'm wrong? Uh, oh, yeah. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Whatever. But, no, it's good. Yeah. Right? So, but yeah, because a lot of people, not that I'm, not that like people around me always tell me yes, but they all really like me. Mm-hmm. So like those people, people who like you are not more inclined to tell you, hey, you're fucking that up. Mm-hmm. So like, th- that's what I like in my therapist. Like I typically like African-American women because they don't fuck around and they shoot me straight. <laughs> They're like, I'm not going to play with you. <laughs> Literally all yeah. of my therapists have been black women. I'm oh, like, really? Yes. Tell me the fucking truth. Ah. But also tell me that I have a nice butt, you know? And your I I have both. daughter. Oh, wait. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yes. And your daughter has... Um, a therapist that I work with. Yes, that's yeah. a guy. I love. She's my therapist too. Yes, yes. And you just got randomly assigned her when you called my office. Literally right? randomly. <laughs> yeah. And I was she's, like, so she, yes. she, she's a black therapist. Yes. She's got a PhD. Um, she's amazing. And she reads me. They must have known. Red. That's what you like. That's the universe, man. She just that in that website just knew it. She's like, Doctor Guy's available at six. I'm like, cool. Sign me up. Oh, good. <laughs> she's amazing. Yeah, too. I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, I want you to come back like once a year yeah. so we can do a check-in and we yes. can talk about all the things and whatever. Uh-huh. And I'll ask too, like before you come, I'll do like one of those question bubbles or whatever on Instagram. Um, and of course, like any any anybody who's interested in talking to you because you don't just specialize in um, marriage and sex therapy, uh-huh. you are now doing everyone yeah but anybody who maybe watched this episode and identified with you and thinks you're just fabulous and they want to talk to you how would they find you um so i my practice is dr messina and associates um so it's drmessina.com and we're in south lake but we do online as well we do telehealth as long as you live in texas so if your homestead is somewhere outside of texas you do have to find a therapist um, who is licensed in that state. Okay. So I am only licensed in Texas. Um, so I can only see people who have a homestead in, in Texas. Texas. Yeah. Okay. You could be abroad, you know, visiting or for work or whatever sure. it is, but you have to, um, your residence has to. Right, your residence. Be in Texas, yes. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. Love you. I love being 
doing you're here? You're the best. <laughs> okay. Um, and if you uh, have any questions for Dr. Micken, I love saying that. My friends are doctors. No big deal. Um, if you have any questions for her, feel free to send me an email at biggirlpantspod at gmail.com and I will forward um, that information and get that question answered for you. And uh, yeah, like and subscribe, rate and review, do all the things for Big Girl Pants Pod. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you for giving me an hour and a half of your ears. <laughs> Bye. Bye.